All right, welcome back here. Welcome back to J. Tom Wall Arena. Mike Macknick, John Leahy with you. Our score three two periods is Merrimack 3, UMass Lowell 2. Warriorrinkrat.com. Mike, funny game. Last night I thought it was a funny one as well, but uh, tonight's game. If they had time of possession, well, let me ask you this. If they had time of possession like football, what would the time of possession be in this game? Uh, it, it wouldn't be much for Lowell. I mean, I think you're probably looking at a, at a 40 minute game. I mean, you discount the neutral zone play. I, Merrimack certainly doubles them, if not, you know, by two and a half. And yet it's a 3-2 game at the end of two. Lowell picks up the power play goal there. And I don't know, a strange second period. We were just talking off the air there. Almost looked as though uh, the Warriors, they had the much better uh, time in terms of having the puck in the zone, but it almost looked as though at some point there in the period, uh, I mean, I think back to the games in, in high school where you're up... Uh, Six nothing or eight nothing after the second period, you're playing a team that's out of your league, and, and you uh, uh, you just kind of try to move the puck around there in the in the third period, work on your your puck movement, and, and you don't end up getting a, as many shots maybe as you could have. I, I mean, I don't mean to be disparaging the Riverhawks in that regard, but still, it, I mean, it was funny how that that second period went. It looked as though. Lowell got the second goal, or their first goal rather, that made it three to one, and that gave them a little bit of a lift, and they carried from there. They got the power play goal, and now they're in a game. Yeah, I even thought last night that Merrimack dominated most of the game. If you look at the shots, I think it was 35-18 or 36-18. That, that, that's dominating the play, and they almost lost that game. And, and tonight again, get plenty of shots on goal, 26 from 12 for two periods. Uh, probably it looks like they're going to top, or at least get close to how many shots they had last night. Uh, and again. It, it almost looks like they took their foot off the gas. A little different, I think. It, it, it sort of feels like the BU game last week where they had the 3-1 lead going into the third period. BU comes back to tie it. They only get a point out of it in tip two. But at the same time, uh, I, I don't think, you know, obviously Merrimack wasn't dominating BU to the, to the, the degree that they're dominating Lowell. I mean, really the last two nights, <laughs> you know, the four points should be an understatement. I, mean, I, I really thought the way that game played out last night should have been a multi-goal win. The way the game is playing out tonight, they should have more than a one-goal lead. But again, you sort of let these teams hang around, and, and we've seen it here when, when, when Merrimack was one of the bottom teams in the league and struggling. Better teams let them hang around, and what happens? You, you can sneak a point in or even sneak a win uh, with a good third period. A couple of things I want to ask you about first. Uh, we talked about this. It seems as though Frazier Allen, when he's in the lineup, the team just seems to play better, fare better. Um, I think that's the case again here this weekend. Obviously, they found a way to come back and win last night. Uh, did you get a chance to look that up? What's, what's the record without him in the lineup and with him in the lineup? 2-1-2. Played five games. Six, this is six game tonight. Uh, he's had the two wins over, over Lowell last night against BC here earlier in the year. Uh, the only loss was against BC at their place uh, that, that Friday night. And, of course, two times against BU last weekend. That might, I think that was his first game of the season, it, too, the BC game. It was, yeah. That BC game was his first game of the year. Uh, so 2-0-2 two in two the last four times that he's dressed uh, and 2-1-2 and two overall. And is, is that fair to say? Do you think, I mean, does it, does it look to you as though the team does seem to play better when he's in the lineup? And, and could it be due to, as we've kind of talked about uh, uh, before, that with everything that he's been through, his history and, and, and his health, that sometimes uh, 
when a guy like that is out there and, and, and giving the kind of effort that I mean, he, he doesn't know how to do anything less than, than 100% uh, that, that other guys see that and that leads them to place. I think so. You know, we, we've said it. We've compared it to the, the, the Neely effect that the Bruins had there in the early 90s where, I mean, here's a guy that should not be playing. I mean, Cam Neely just shouldn't have been playing at the time but was going out there and giving everything he had. Fraser Allen decided instead of having a, a cart, some cartilage in his knee repaired so that he could get back on the ice for a senior year, he'd have it removed and take care of it later. I mean, that just shows the dedication that I think he has to the program and to his teammates. And, and if you're, you know, lining them next to him or just on the bench them, you, you feel that. And I, and I think absolutely you feel like you've got to put out your best effort for a guy that's willing to, I mean, literally put on the line what he might be able to do in terms of just getting around and, and, and living a comfortable life in 20, 30 years from now. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to have, you know, repercussions from this, and I'm sure he knew it going in. And if you're a guy that, that can't, you know, get up to play with a guy like that, <laughs> there's something wrong with you. I mean, yeah, I absolutely think that you take, you take things to another level. Talking with Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune and WarriorRinkRat.com. Our score through two periods. Merrimack leading in basketball by the score three to two. Shots are twenty six to twelve. And I guess uh, one of the other questions everybody everybody's trying to figure out. I'm sure that nobody's trying to figure it out more than than the guy behind the bench there and the guy wearing number twenty four. But this is going on five games now. That's the Bond cost has been held off the board. I don't think anybody. Could have seen this coming here. Uh, well, I mean, wh- what do you see? Is he, is he pressing too hard? Uh, wh- what's the story? You know, and he's showing some visible signs of frustration. I think there too. A couple of times tonight, even last night, pucks go wide, and, and you just see the body language show some frustration. But to be honest with you, you know, he's been held off the score sheet. But I don't know if he's played as poorly as you know. No points in five games would really indicate. Uh, you look at some of the chances he's had. He's had. He has had some good chances to score. I thought against BU, especially last week, and Milan made a couple of saves from him uh, on him down down the home end of the ice here uh, where they shoot twice in the, on the Saturday home game and, and it's just you know I think it's a, a part of the reason I think is just teams are paying attention I mean you've got a game plan for them and I think that opens up some room for guys like Chris Barton or Jesse Todd that are on his line. So I think he's still contributing even if he's not showing up on the score sheet by the simple fact that when he's out there, you've got to pay attention to him. Because if you leave him alone, I mean, he's deadly. It's sort of, uh, to, to draw a comparison on a much larger scale, it's like having Alexander Ovechkin on the ice in the National Hockey League. He's on the ice, you pay attention to him because he's just dynamic. I mean, at any point, he can take puck and score a goal by himself going through four guys. I think start against Vermont last year where, where he dangled his way through two forwards and two defensemen on his way to just going right around Rob Medor. I mean, he can, he has that ability to at any point pick up the puck and just take a game over. So he's got to pay attention to it. So we, we said before the weekend that uh, uh, if there's anything that's positive, it's that uh, out of a situation like that, it's that they have scored 23 goals, and 20 of them, of course, have been scored by guys not named Stefan DeCosta, not wearing number 24, and they've got seven more this weekend, so now it's 27 out of 30. That bodes pretty well for a lot of people who thought that this was going to be the guy doing all of the scoring or, or involved in all of the scoring for them. They're getting an awful lot of scoring from other players. Yeah, one of the things that I talk to from talking to other media guys, a lot of people would say, well, you know, Merrimack's a pretty one-dimensional team. You've got number 24 that's scoring all your points, and that's it. And, you know, I look at guys like, like Chris Martin or or obviously Jesse Todd here in the last couple of games and what he did as a freshman. Todd's their leading goal scorer this season. Exactly, yeah. I mean, this is a pretty deep team. And, and you look at just down the roster, Joe Cucci, Brandon Brodog had the most, well, tied with Chris Kreider for the most goals for a freshman last year. I mean, in league games, there, there's some scoring depth there that they haven't had in as long as I can remember in, in quite a while, probably the better part of the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, 
so they can score. I mean, they, and they can score from anywhere. I mean, even that, that, that Carter Matson line that's supposed to be the energy line is ferocious on the forecheck, and, but getting, turning in an offensive chances, too. I mean, they're putting pucks on net, and really at all four lines, no matter who you're rolling out there, they're just getting some scoring chances. Again, we're talking with Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune, and your article is going to be found on eagletribune.com, also linked off of the Warrior Rinkrat blog at warriorrinkrat.com. And uh, this week, of course, the big story was the contract extension, uh, Mark Denny. Um, does that effectively uh, lock him up here now for the next six years? I would think so, yeah. I, mean, I think it's a great move, too. I think it's something where, you know, if you're the administration, you know you're still at one of the smallest schools in the league. You know, it, it is what it is. And uh, if, a, if an opening were to open up at one of those bigger schools and they're looking at the prospect of maybe taking an assistant from somebody else or going after a head coach at one of the smaller schools in the league that completely turned around a program, you know, I, I, think, I think he becomes a commodity and one that you want to hold on to. And, and I, I like the fact that they were proactive in getting it done. I wrote about it earlier in the week. Uh, you know, they weren't waiting for it to happen. They went out and said, you know, this is something we want to get done now and, and get it done before. Not, not, the, not once it becomes an issue, but, um, you know, before before anything were to happen, let's go and get it done. He's the guy we want here. Uh, obviously, he wants to be here, too. Uh, let's get something done before, uh, you know, before a situation like that were to arise. I think the other thing that it accomplishes, too, and, and, and you and I have, have discussed this uh, here and there, that, that since... As they have risen up the ladder here, uh, climbed the ladder, and, and, and fared well you know, the last couple of years, and this year in particular, uh, that, that you're, you're hearing the rumblings from some of the other schools, perhaps, that may be looking for, to, to make a change in the near future. Uh, and so you hear the rumblings. You know, obviously, a guy like that who is very successful at one of the smaller programs, those are the guys that a lot of times they will look at and, and, and want to bring in and bring them up to that level, or perhaps, and... Uh, and so, for any of those rumblings that may be happening, guys that are rec- being recruited and are wondering, you know, how long it's going to be there, I, in my mind, that's the biggest win, is that it's, it says he will be here for, for the next six years. And, and, and the thing that I think that, that the intangible, I suppose, that, that makes it most likely is that when you hear him talk about his family, he's got the three young daughters, three, three little girls, that, and they're in the Andover, they live in Andover, the Andover school system is obviously very good, it's a great situation to be in, I mean... He knows that they're going to be able to go there and be in school and be in, be in good schools uh, for, for some time to come, and that's a big plus. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, speaking, obviously, as a guy that has a, a young child myself, and I know you do too, uh, you know, you're, being happy in terms of your family is just important, I think, is professionally. And, and I get the impression from talking to him that he, he loves it. From, from the community, not only at the college, but the surrounding area. And that's huge. I mean, if you're not happy with where you're living or if your wife's not happy with where you're living, you don't want to see the people around you being happy like that. And I think it, it's, a, it's a good fit for them from what I, I've gathered from talking to them. Uh, and again, you know, it's, I, I had two people I know that cover UMass Amherst, which is where he was an assistant or associate head coach before he came here, uh, that I exchanged emails with this week when they, when they read that, that Mark was extended. And, and both of them said, oh, it's too bad. I, I wanted him to come here when two retired. Both of, both of them mentioned it. So, you know, you know the, the idea from, you know, at least other fans of, of, of other programs, I'm sure it was out there. There's, there's no debating what he's done here. I mean, you look at the numbers, it, it, you just look at, you know, wins and losses, what he's been able to do here in a, in a fairly short period of time. Uh, I think would have him at the top of the list of, of you know, most teams if they were to have openings. And there's not many openings that happen, but when they do, I mean, you know, he'd be at the top of the list, I would think. 
All right, Mike, thanks. It's always good to see you. And again, eagletribune.com. You can pick up the paper tomorrow, the Eagle Tribune, or check out warriorrickrat.com. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike.